0: On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about religious division.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk about some basic causes. And by that, I think we mean some basic attitudes, probably, that people have that lead to all the division and confusion we see in the religious world.
0: All right. It's going to be an important discussion. We're going to get started on it right now.
3: one or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
0: And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining us on the program today. My name is Jacob Wynn. My father, Greg Wynn, is here. Hello, Dad.
1: Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Look forward to a good study on the Virtual Bible Looking Study. Looking forward to that. Kyle's behind the controls. Kyle, thanks for
0: being here. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for being on the other end of the line. 877-381-4567. Questions at com, And in the chat room, if you're watching us on the live feed tonight, a lot of folks listen to us in the Recorded version, though, and if that's the case, we welcome you to email us at any time, questions at collegeview.com. Our listeners often do email us after the fact. Uh, just want to add a comment or get some clarification or maybe even challenge us about something we've said. We welcome your comments anytime, questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you uh, anytime you may be listening, anytime uh, something comes to mind that you'd like to discuss. Maybe it's not even related to what you've heard on the program, but you just have a question that you'd like to discuss in this
1: format on this. Even if it's a brief question, we'd like to pile some of those up and have one of our listener question nights that we enjoy so much.
0: Maybe you think, well, it's a short answer, but I don't know it. Or maybe even you think you know the answer, but you'd like to hear what other people think about it. We'll put it out to our listeners around the world, and uh, we can all uh, help each other study uh, what the Scriptures teach on a certain matter. So send those questions to questions at collegeu.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've got some bumper stickers. If you'd like to help us get this word spread about the program, those are free of charge. Send us an email with your mail address. We'll get one of those in the mail to you as well. Uh, we just look forward to hearing from you. Uh, so tonight on the program, we want to talk about uh, what's causing some of the religious division. And certainly, I don't think we have to spend any time establishing that fact that there's religious division in the world.
1: I think that's right. I, I, I don't think there would be any that might be a single thing that we could all agree upon. Yeah. <laughs> that is that we are badly divided yeah. in the religious world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's lots of there's lots of reasons why, but underlying basic attitudes uh, are contributing to it, I'm sure, and we want to address some of those, at least in our study tonight. Earlier today to our update list, we sent out these questions, and we urge you to get on our list. If you're not, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com, say put me on your list. You would receive our update, and today's update, ask these questions. Number one, some people say, I know I'm saved because I feel so good about it. If I were lost, I just know I wouldn't feel so sure that I'm saved. Those who say this are very sincere. And here's the question, though. Can a, can a person be certain he is right religiously simply because he feels right? Number two, frequently we hear people express differing viewpoints about even the most serious of religious issues. Why is this? Why are there so many different viewpoints. Number 3, we live in an age of religious tolerance. So many people say that we that what we believe does not matter. The important thing is that we sincerely try to please God according to whatever we believe. Others say one faith is as good as another. And so the question is, how important is truth in religion? And the immediate follow-up to question number 4 is how much do you value the truth in religion? And number 5, some say you're just too narrow-minded in in today's society, you have to be more broad-minded, and so the question is: Are you narrow-minded or broad-minded in religion?
0: All right, good questions, good topic tonight. We want to hear from you again, on the phone, over email, or in the chat room tonight. And you know, as we talk about this idea of religious division, we first we established I mean, it doesn't have to be established that there's division. We do need to point out that it's very much counter to what God and Jesus want from. The religious community, God and Jesus are not happy with the religious division that exists in the yeah, world today.
1: I think that's the important thing to establish right off the right off the top. And we have frequently mentioned on the virtual Bible study, the prayer that Jesus prayed just before he was arrested and crucified in John 17. He said in verse 20, neither pray I for these alone. He had just been praying immediately for his apostles. He said, I'm not praying for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. Well, that's us, right? We believe on Jesus because of what the apostles and other inspired writers uh, recorded for us. So his prayer for the apostles and for us is this, that they all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. So Jesus wanted unity among his followers and not some false sense of unity. We just agree to disagree, but a kind of unity likened to the unity that exists between him and the father, which was a perfect agreement. No disagreements at all.
0: Check out John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. Again, for Jesus's view on how important, how imperative it is that his followers be unified And he talks about there at the end of verse 21, the ramifications and the consequences. When we are not unified, the world doesn't have that light that it needs. Imagine if everyone who claimed to be a Christian was unified on the principles of God's word what a powerful impact that would make on the world
1: it would it would it would be overwhelming in yep. power in yep. evangelism yep. and and in fact the division that exists in the religious world is a discouragement to right. a lot of people when they begin to inv- investigate uh Jesus when they want to find out uh what the bible says what they should do then they see all this wide spectrum of teaching yep. all different kinds contradictory things yep. in the religious world Many people just throw up their hands and say, I can't figure that out. And so it's keeping the world from believing in Jesus.
0: That's exactly right. And so it starts with you. It starts with me. We can't control what everyone in the world does. We can control what we do. And we need to make, and everyone listening needs to make the conscience, conscious decision, hey, I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. I'm going to be stand on that. And other people that are committed to doing just that will be unified, and we'll start uh, making a difference where we are.
1: To the church in, at Corinth, Paul said, this is kind of a, a well-known passage too, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10 I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Yeah. So that's that's what we ought to be striving for. Unfortunately, I think, and I, I believe we'll, we'll sort of draw this out in our discussion tonight, I think that there are some people who are very content with religious division. It not bother them at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it didn't even in the first century. This isn't just a 21st century problem. In the first century, there in Corinth, you go a little bit deeper into 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 12. Now this I say that every one of you say, if I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? They were already dividing up and saying, I'm, I'm a Paulite, or I'm a, a Cephasite. No. You need to be a Christian, a Christian only. Do what Christ said to do and quit being divided. They were having that problem then. And the solution was, hey, don't just agree to disagree. Everybody get together and be unified like Christ wants you to be unified.
1: To start us off, I want to go to a question from Brian out in California. Uh, And I think maybe it's a good thing to keep in mind as we study this. He says, I think we can become too complacent, too self-assured like Judah of old. They saw the northern kingdom carted off into captivity, but falsely consoled themselves with the presumption it couldn't happen to them. Inconceivable to the southern kingdom that the possessors of the temple could ever be conquered. Jerusalem couldn't, didn't save them. God teaches the point when his patience and long suffering over, he gave Israel a certificate of divorce and had them taken away by the Assyrians in Jeremiah 3 into a slave enslavement, never to return. The warnings and admonitions are there. We need to heed them. And so... Uh, I think Brian's comments a good place to start. We we just can't assume it's all okay because he points out that Judah in the old Testament had that notion. Uh, They believed that uh, no matter what we do, we're God's people. He loves us. He's going to accept anything we offer. And that kind of complacent attitude, of course led to their ultimate demise. Uh, uh, not only had the northern kingdom been carried away, but ultimately the southern kingdom was carried away into captivity because even though they felt sort of satisfied and complacent, God was not pleased. And we got to be careful then religiously that we don't develop this idea that we're okay. God loves us. Anything we do will be fine. That's not the case.
0: We need to check up to God's word and make sure that we are We're not part of the reason why there is religious division, that we're not in error. We need to make sure that we come back constantly to God's word and make sure that we're in alignment. Appreciate Brian in California, for those comments. Brian's in the chat room tonight. If you'd like to sign in and chat with him tonight and other listeners do that in the chat room, we'd love to hear from you.
1: All right. So let's start out with that first question. People say, I know I'm saved because I feel so good about it. If I were lost, I know I wouldn't feel so sure that I'm saved. (laughs) Well, Uh, so that's that's almost circular reasoning there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Others say that that we can just pray to God and God will give us a feeling. I I know some religious there's a certain religious group that says that God will give you sort of a burning feeling in your heart. You'll know a feeling. A feeling will overwhelm you and you'll know. Uh, So others say uh, that all it takes is to, to if you feel good about it, it's enough. If you're sincere, it's enough. We'll talk a little bit more about sincerity in another question. But can a, here's the, here's the bottom line. Can a person be certain he's right religiously simply because he feels right? Now, stop to think about that. We got all these different religious groups out there, but I think pretty obviously the people in all these different religious groups feel good about it. If they didn't feel good about it. Uh, I assume they would leave that. You know, yeah. if a person said this religion that I'm in is just not right, yeah. I don't feel right about it. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just going to keep. Do- no, th- no, that wouldn't even be logical. Yeah. And so it's. I think it's a given that people in whatever religion they're in feel good about what they're doing. Even
0: the extreme ones. You remember. The, you remember the Hale-Bop comment. Maybe a little bit too early. You remember Kyle. Yeah, the heavenscape people. You remember they yeah, they, they committed yeah. that mass suicide? Now, do you suppose they they whatever they drank or did to kill themselves? You suppose they did that? And they, ah this is this is, this, be is wrong. Wrong. this is wrong. This has got to be wrong. <laughs> no, those even those extremists, I, I, we're dead right, literally. Yeah. And so, just because you feel right is absolutely
1: no guarantee at all. Yeah, no guarantee. And you know, logically, we understand that in in practically everything else we do. Uh, I know Jacob, you and I, we, we don't buy new cars, we buy used cars. And sure. we typically agonize over that decision oh, yeah. whenever we have to buy yeah, one. Yeah. And so you have, you check up on it. Maybe you read, uh, try to, try to get online and see if that particular model that you're looking at has a, a, a history of specific yeah. kind of issues. Because man, you can't just look at a car and say, man, that's a pretty car. I feel good about that car. I want to buy that car. Yeah. No, you don't do that. People. I just got
0: a feeling. Yeah. I got a, when I saw the car, I just had a feeling. That's yeah. the one. That's the one I'm going to buy.
1: Yeah. No. So uh, you, you don't do that about things like you wouldn't do that about buying a house. You wouldn't do that about choosing a doctor, or uh, you 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 don't follow your feelings. You investigate. Yeah. But for some reason, people have the idea that when it comes to religion, as long as it feels good, it's okay, and that, that's not logical.
0: No. When we 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 use a lot more care. A lot more caution in things that are of a lot less significance. Uh, We need to do the same with our religion.
1: Uh, In Matthew 7, Jesus, this is of course a famous section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about some people who apparently felt pretty good about what they were doing. In Matthew chapter 7, Verse 21, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So that seems to be fairly descriptive of some people who felt pretty good about what they were doing. They were, I've often, often thought it was actually... The the representation there is that they were arguing with the Lord in judgment. No, 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 Lord, we're okay. I I, I think you got to rethink that, uh, Lord, right. as, as you...
0: You might be looking at the wrong list here. we got to be on the list We've got to be on the good list because, yeah.
1: we feel pretty good about what yeah. we've been doing. Yeah. They were going to argue with the Lord in the day of judgment, that yeah. they felt good about what they were they doing. They were sincere. They yeah. had been
0: making sacrifices, but they were not right. Uh, and so that is a, an admonition warning for us. Yeah. To our listeners, uh, Daniel down in Florida says uh, David and Israel felt like the ox cart was a good idea in First Chronicles thirteen. You remember that one? Yeah, uh, as touched go, the ark. Yeah, yeah they, that, it looked like a good idea on paper.
1: And and they thought they were doing a pretty good thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, at first, Naaman felt like that washing in the Jordan was a bad idea. Second
1: uh, Kings five eleven and twelve. Naaman the leper, you know, who came from uh, Damascus seeking a healing he, and he was mad when he got that his injury. man he was angry when when Elisha said by a messenger by the way Elisha didn't even come out to meet him sent his messenger just go dip seven times in the Jordan River that did not suit Naaman it wasn't what he thought it, and and he I know if you go to that text that, that Daniel has referenced there you'll remember that famous quote from Naaman behold I thought that the man of God would come out and wave his hand over the place and all that. But it is what he was told to do different from what he thought he would be expected to do, and and he he wasn't content with that.
0: All right. Uh, We have uh, an email from Mohan up in Illinois tonight. Good to hear from Mohan. He says, um, a person cannot be right just because he feels right, since the Bible says our heart is deceitful. And the way of a man may seem right, but in the end, it leads to destructions, referencing uh, some passages there in Psalm, uh, Proverbs uh, 16, verse 25 and uh, 14, verse 12. Uh, let's appreciate that from Mohan tonight. Uh, Kent says, Saul of Tarsus, prior to his conversion to truth, rejected Christ and persecuted the church while he was feeling good about his actions, Acts 26, verse 19. He had a clean conscience. He was killing Christians. And if you'd I said, if you died and die, tonight, you're going to be right with God? Absolutely. No doubt, in, no doubt at all. I'm I, going to be I,
1: right. Could, would this have been what we said in our question? Uh, this potentially could have come out of the mouth of Solotharsis. I know I'm saved because I feel so good about it. If I was lost, I, I know I wouldn't feel so sure that I'm saved. Oh, man, I know exactly what <laughs> you I'm doing can, right. You can almost imagine Saul of Tarsus saying those very words.
0: Yeah, I've lived in all good conscience. Lydia, a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, sincerely worshipped God and no doubt felt good about her spiritual condition as she, until she heard the gospel of Christ, Acts sixteen fourteen. For a number of years, I was sincerely involved in denominationalism, received my undergraduate college education in a denominational college, and for a period of time was a denominational preacher. I was just as sincere... In my error, as I now am in God's truth, when I began to defend such error in light of the scriptures, I clearly saw that I was wrong and was brought to gospel obedience in spite of my
1: previous good feelings. Well, I know Kent very well personally, and I know Kent's story. And I'm telling you, if a person like Kent is to be commended for having the willingness to analyze what am I doing? doesn't matter how I feel about it. What am I doing? How, do, how does it stack up? All right. Thank you, we, we got a question from Eric that we may try to take later in the program, or we might put it into our stack of stuff. I'm going to read the question, and then you all can think about it. I think we'll probably add it to our stack of stuff. Eric asked, can a person be taught wrong and baptized right? I've heard this expression many times. That's a good question. I think we may save that and discuss that in another program.
0: Thanks, Eric, for that. Eric's in the chat room as well. If you're not signed in, sign in there. We're going to get a break. And when we get back, the next question to consider is the
1: next oh, question. Oh, oh, oh I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. You're talking to me. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Uh, frequently, uh, you we, felt good about ignoring it. Frequently we hear people express differing viewpoints about even the most serious religious issues. Why is this? All right. We're going to break. Hit your
0: thoughts during the break. Uh, send them in. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this.
3: Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
1: I'm Dan Quillen, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with some thoughts about making plans. Have you made any different plans for your spiritual life and for your service for God? We spend time prioritizing personal lives and setting goals in our careers, but do we think in those terms about the most important thing, our soul? Ask yourself these questions. What am I planning to do for God today? In the coming week, what good thoughts will I accomplish for him? At this time next year, where do I want to be in my spiritual life? In five years from now, how will I have changed, improved, and grown in my work for God? Ten years from today, how will
2: my family be? How will I have helped them grow spiritually? 20 years down the road, how will I be doing? As I approach death, what will have been the most important things in my life? Where will I be in eternity?
1: Here's some quotes worth pondering. What you do for yourself will soon be forgotten, but what you do for others will be long remembered. Those whose primary goal is to please others will likely fail to please God. Look around at what you have before you complain about what you don't have. Many receive advice, but only the wise profit from it. Man, wish I'd said that.
3: We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Back
0: on the program tonight as we talk about uh, some of the causes for religious division. Again, it's very much against Christ's will for his followers to be divided. And uh, we definitely don't want to be the cause of that division. We're looking for some of the reasons why that, relig- that division exists. And. As we do this uh, dad I think it's important that we ask ourselves could we be guilty of s- some of these same thoughts processes in our life could we be maybe resting on the idea that well if I feel good about my religion it must be okay
1: and and like Brian said in our first comment that we meant that we read got to be careful about complacency and thinking I've got it I've got it I'm there man I figured it out it's it's all okay for me I, you know and I I see other people are wrong but I'm okay we got to keep searching. Okay. We have got to keep be, being honest, and that sort of lends to this second question. Uh, we hear people expressing really differing viewpoints on the most serious of religious issues. Why is this? Uh, maybe to illustrate that, Jacob, you know, we've got there are religious people who defend the practice of homosexuality. Yep. There are there are religious people who defend the practice of abortion. Yep. Well, obviously, there are those of us who are, it's either on or off here. It's either yes or no. It's black or white. Is There's no middle ground on that. It either is or is not acceptable to God. But we got people on both ends of that question. I mean, just 180 degrees opposed to one another. How? How? Why is that? Now, the assumption might be, for somebody who hadn't considered it before, well, the reason why is because the Bible's not clear on those subjects. The, the, the Bible's very ambiguous. It doesn't teach clearly on those subjects, so people are out here just trying to find their way independently. But that is not the case. And I don't want us to take the time to dive off specifically into something like homosexuality tonight or abortion. We've talked about those plenty of times on the Virtual Bible Study, and I think all of our listeners know exactly where we stand on that. The Bible's very clear about that. Why would it be? that there would be some people in the religious world that would take a position condoning homosexuality. Well, I I don't think it's because they don't understand the Bible. I don't think it's because they don't know the verses that we would cite. I think they know, for instance, on homosexuality. I think they know that we go quickly to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 so plainly condemns the, the practice of homosexuality. They know that. They know that passage. They know that passage as well as we know that passage. So why is it that they would take this opposing view? Well, Jesus may have identified that when he said in Matthew 13, verse 15, this people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. I think the problem is some people just closed off their minds to a consideration of what the truth is. Yeah, and they don't they don't they
0: don't like the consequences of it. Jesus in John three verses nineteen and twenty said, The light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to light lest his deeds should be exposed. And you can see that when you talk to people about clear truths in the God's Word. You can sort of see the wheels turning in their mind. If if they if I accept this then that means I can't do that. Yeah. yeah, If I accept this, then I've got to change that.
1: They loved darkness rather than light. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Now,
0: what have we got here in our email? Well, I like what Daniel said. He talks about elders uh, in Titus in chapter 1, verse 9, have to be able to convict the gainsayers. In Titus 1, verse 9, holding fast to the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine to both exhort
1: and to convince the gainsayers. And so, the word gainsayer there in the King James is, is an antiquated word. I, I think newer versions are going to say those who deny uh, or something of that nature.
0: But he's got to use sound doctrine. I think that's one of the devil's tactics here as we think about the people uh, adopting differing viewpoints. Sound doctrine. The devil likes to just cast a little doubt on, on doctrine, make, make it a little fuzzy. Make yeah. it not so. It, it, he clear. doesn't have
1: to come right out and totally, re, you know. There's, he does, A person doesn't have to totally deny the Bible. They just have to question aspects of it because you don't have to be a hundred percent off. You just have to I mean a, a little. Being off a little is enough for a Satan. You go back to
0: the homosexual uh, practices and and the defense of those. Those people who want to defend homosexuality haven't cut those verses out of, their, out of their Bibles. They're still there. What the devil has done is he's placed a little doubt on the credibility of those passages. Should they really be there? Yeah. Was that just Paul expressing some type of homophobia? Was that maybe we have to twist it around and say, well, it was just the culture that they lived in, and that's why it was in there. See, he just puts little twist on the scriptures instead of that sound doctrine. Just got to twist it a little
1: bit. Uh, We talked about this this last Sunday night in our sermon, but there are some people who the implication of their teaching is that God was not capable of revealing a plan that we could live by. He he didn't have the ability to make a timeless message that would be applicable to all men of all time. And therefore, we have to sort of adapt because we live here Well, we live 2000 years after the New Testament documents were written. And, there's, and so it just doesn't fit us real well. We just need to, we just have to adapt ourselves and uh, apply the parts we like and maybe reject the parts we don't.
0: John 3, 19 and 20, the light is coming into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Hey, it's clear God's God's scriptures can be understood. But men love darkness rather than light, and perhaps that's the problem for much of the religious division. Daniel goes on, references 2 Timothy 3.16. The word of God is for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness. If we do not agree with God's word, it will not change to agree with us. Uh, Excellent point, Daniel. We're the ones who have to change. We have to mold ourselves to what the scriptures teach.
1: Mohan says there are different viewpoints since most people want to hold on to their traditions instead of what the Bible says and oftentimes won't like what the plain word of God says. I think Mohan's right about that. And again, something for us all to be careful about. This is what I always did. This is what I've always my parents did this before me and my grandparents before them. My family has always done this and they've always done it this way. And so we almost don't even question it. No, don't check s- up. Check it out. Got to
0: check up. Hey, and Mohan's another one of those who can speak from experience. Mohan's made uh, some changes. He, in has. His, uh, uh, he sure know, he's has rejected some of those things in the past that weren't in line with what the scriptures teach. Kent says the reason is due to the fact that even sincere religious people do not always reason correctly
1: from the scriptures. First Thessalonians 521. I think I think Kent's right about that. I, I talked to Kent a while back on the phone and, and we were discussing. What I think is, is one of the breakdowns in, in modern day education. And that is a failure to teach the principles of logic and reasoning. You know, I, I know when I was a kid, and that was a long time ago, uh, but there was some emphasis on teaching along this line. If this is true and this is true, therefore this must be true. Uh, even, even in the study of mathematics, we we studied that way in science. We studied that way, but it was a it was a a basic concept of logic and 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 reasonable thought processes, drawing conclusions based on those methods. I'm not sure we're getting a lot of that in the education system of our day. You guys were working out those problems on your tablets,
0: too, weren't you? Those clay tablets. Slate, oh, clay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dwight says, is it possible that people don't look into God's word for themselves, but rather just take someone else's take on things because the Bible is just too difficult to understand?
1: I think that's true, Dwight. But, but I think it
0: was, it's not, the Bible is not too difficult to understand. It's just that we don't want to put yeah, the effort that, in to that understand People
1: just won't search it out for themselves. The real solution is what the Bereans did in Acts seventeen eleven. 11. They, they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily whether the things were true. And that's the solution to that problem. That, we would not have such varying viewpoints if everybody did what the Bereans did. All right, let's get a break, and we'll get this week's bullet point when we get back. Number three. Number three is uh, we live in an age of religious tolerance. That's what we're taught. You know, We're told we have to be tolerant. So many people say that what we believe does not matter. The important thing is that we sincerely try to please God according to whatever we do believe. Others say one faith is as good as another. So the question is how important is truth in regards to those concepts? All right. We're going to do this break with this
0: week's bullet point, and we'll take it up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this.
3: These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this.
1: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Paul told Timothy to, quote, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, unquote. That's 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. It has been suggested that this phrase literally means to preach when folks like it and when they don't. In another place, the apostles prayed for boldness in their preaching. Acts 4, verse 29. So preachers are to boldly proclaim a message that will sometimes be unpopular. In the process of doing this work, a preacher is in a precarious situation. This boldness may cause his hearers to think that he is overconfident. Some may imagine that he is close minded There may be the impression that he is not open to other points of view or that he wants to stifle what others have to say. Sadly, in some cases and with some preachers, these accusations may be true. However, no preacher worth his salt wants to discourage open discussion of issues. And while he may speak forcefully on a given topic, he acknowledges his own limitations and the possibility that he can err in understanding the scriptures. If he is obedient to the word, he knows that he, like all others, must continue to, quote, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3, verse 18. In this age of political correctness, it has become increasingly unpopular to tell people that they are wrong about anything. But, of course, that is a significant part of what preachers do. Those who are doing their best to, quote, reprove, rebuke, and exhort, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, will inevitably touch on some areas that are close to home. When this happens, we urge you to seriously consider what has been said. Honestly examine yourself to see if you need to apply the lesson. Be willing to rethink your previous position. And finally, do not hesitate to share your thoughts and concerns with the preacher. If he's the kind of man he ought to be, he will gladly discuss any issue with you. Give him the chance to do so. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
0: My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study.
3: And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians three seventeen. Now, back to the program.
0: Back on the program tonight. reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Check it out and check us out. We'd love for you to come and worship with us. Uh we'll talk about it toward the end of the program. Yeah.
1: Still we still got a modified schedule going, but uh maybe we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I hope so. Uh so
0: but uh yeah, stay tuned for that uh, and uh we'll look forward to seeing you. Uh we're talking about religious division on the program tonight and what may be some of the causes of it as we But think. I'll
1: tell you you are an intolerant person. I no. I know you. And I believe that you are not practicing the principles of religious tolerance no. uh, because the, the 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 view of most people is that what you believe doesn't matter so long as you are sincere in what you believe. And, and that really one faith is as good as another, but you don't appear to accept that idea. So I'm branding you as religiously intolerant. Well, you know, that is somewhat of a straw, man, because
0: everyone is religiously intolerant. Good point, good
1: point. You know, there,
0: are so, there are things that everyone draws a line on. You know, there. in fact, there, there are folks, as we mentioned, you mentioned the Hale-Bopp Comet, uh, the Heaven's Gate people, committing mass suicide in the name of religion. I think almost unanimously, you ask somebody on the street, is that acceptable religious practice? No, mass suicide is not acceptable. Religion, so they, are
1: they intolerant because they draw a line. And, and even and you don't even have to go that far out. Although that's a perfect example. Yeah. But I mean, there are a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't go. I can't go along with those Jehovah's Witnesses. I, I, I just can't buy that." Or someone says, I, "I just, I just don't agree with the Mormons. Uh, I can't go along with the Mormons." Yeah. Uh, some people might say that about the Catholics, you know, the Catholics have some pretty strong opposition and I just, I just can't buy that. I can't buy into the Catholic church. Everybody draws the line somewhere. And the question is where we're going to draw the line. How about Luke chapter six, verse 46, Jesus
0: drew the line. Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say, let's draw the line where Jesus drew it,
1: do what he said. You know, again, this goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about the idea of being logically consistent. If it doesn't matter what you believe, as long as you are sincere in the believing of it, then what about a sincere atheist? Right. What about the atheist who sincerely believes that there is no God? Well, that's what he believes. Shall we be tolerant of that? Well, God's not tolerant of that. Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. What about the Muslim? There are a lot of Muslims in the world. Their numbers are growing rapidly in a percentage of the worldwide population. They do not accept the truth that Jesus is the son of God. They say he was a prophet and a good man, but not the son of God. Shall we be religiously tolerant of the Muslim? I'm sad to say, I think some people would answer that. I I think some very liberal People would say, yes, we've got to even be tolerant of the Muslims. The, the, the Pope
0: has even said that. S-
1: the Pope has said something along that Similar line. Similar to that, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus said in John 8, verse 48, if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So you you either accept Jesus as what he claimed to be, the only begotten Son of God, or you don't. If you don't, Jesus said... You, it, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life, John fourteen, verse six. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Now you can't have it both ways. You can't say he was a good man. We talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were know. talking about the claims of Jesus. You can't have it both ways. Uh but are we are to be are we to be tolerant of that sort of thing? Uh Jesus actually we have to if we're gonna believe Jesus, not only do we believe who he is, we believe what he said. In in Acts chapter three, Peter quoted Moses, and so I'm reading from Acts three where Peter is quoting from what Moses said, Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people seems pretty exclusive, doesn't it seems like it wouldn't matter now <clears throat> There are people who take this view, as long as I'm sincere, it's okay. They would agree with us this far. Oh, yeah. That does not include the, mus- uh, the Muslim. That does not include the atheist. Uh, but it does include everybody who at least acknowledges Jesus would would be their argument. Uh, the problem with that, of course, is that if we're going to believe Jesus and if we're going to believe the word of God, then it it's it's more exclusive than just believing in Jesus in in second John, very short one chapter book, second John verse nine, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed for he that bideth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deed uh and so Again, the idea the, the idea of this religious tolerance is not taught in the Scripture, and specifically not taught by Jesus and the inspired apostles. Absolutely, look at Second John or Second Timothy chapter three. Sometime we don't have time to
0: look at it now, but uh, Second Timothy chapter three outlines some people that were going to come in and teach things that weren't in accordance with God's word, and it would lead people away captive. Uh, and uh, it would cause uh, people to be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because of teachings that were along the lines of what Christianity teaches, but they were twisted, they were perverted, and it caused people to lose their soul.
1: 1 John 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Yes. Yeah. Second Peter Chapter 2 said there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. So there's just all kinds of warnings like that. And the warnings are really meaningless if. If it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter, anything goes. That, that's what and that's sort of the... you talk about religious things
0: today, Kyle, with folks that well, you you know, you see it your way, I see it mine, and uh, well, that's that's okay. you you know, everything's good. Uh, that's not what the well, that's not the picture we're seeing here from these passages.
2: Uh, well, anyway, I mean, years ago, fifty years ago, a Baptist and a Methodist probably would be you know, knocked down, drag out, a brawl over what they believe. But I think uh, our world tolerance our tolerance about whatever we believe whatever you think if it's good if you feel good about it it's good has bled into religious world which has been that way for many years obviously we've written our Bibles about tolerance but yeah it's uh, if you have this creed that you believe why not defend it it's hard to get people to come on the virtual Bible study to defend what they believe so it's just hard to nobody wants to say well we'll draw a line here but no further we're not going to go what you believe isn't what we believe we can't So it has to be wrong, but nobody wants to defend that.
1: Uh, That's a really good observation. And how hard we have tried, Jacob, through the years. We've had some success. There have been a few people who have been willing to join us. Uh, We recently had a really good, nice man, uh, a, a, pre, a Lutheran preacher who mm-hmm. joined us, and, and he is very kind to do that, and we really appreciated his good attitude. And we, bo- and
0: we both, he, he and uh, and us, we felt like it was a very beneficial study yeah. uh, and discussion.
1: But we don't we don't Most get very much success, think. although we constantly are putting out invitations to people to join us on the virtual podcast to a, discuss differences on
0: vastly divergent things where we I, we I, both of us can't be right, and and folks are just like well, it doesn't matter. How can it not matter? We're talking about the Bible and what God said, and and either you're saying something that's not what Jesus said or I'm saying something that's not what Jesus said. That's a damnable heresy, I would think. Somebody needs to change. Uh, don't worry about it. doesn't matter.
1: Will this tolerate? No. Can't. Uh, Daniel, in, uh, in his email, said, Peter seemed sincere and he references Matthew 16, beginning verse 21, uh, that's when Jesus uh, was foretelling that he was going to be uh, ultimately crucified. And Peter said, uh, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. You know, you know I think Peter was sincere and and really thought he was doing a good thing by saying, I'm not going to let this happen to you, Jesus. And Jesus sternly rebuked him when he said that.
0: Yeah, and and Daniel goes on and says, Jesus said, If you continue in my words, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We have to continue in Jesus' words, and he used uh, the description there of truth, and he used the singular, the truth. The truth will make you free. Not just many truths, not plural truths. The truth will make you free. Mohan. Go ahead. Says the truth is very very important in that there can be eternal consequences if truth is not followed. As an example, someone can sincerely drink a glass of orange juice with poison, believing it is pure. But if it has the poison, it could lead to death regardless of the person's
1: sincerity. I think that's a really good illustration that Mohan uses. You know. No matter how sincere you might be that this is a this is a pure glass of orange juice or whatever else it is I mean you may think it a hundred percent so, but you drink it it'll kill you and and no matter how sincere your feelings were about it you'd be just as dead one of the Bible examples that we use a lot along this line is the case of Jacob in the Old Testament when His sons came and told him, well, they didn't actually tell him. They let him draw his own conclusion. They brought back the many-colored coat that Joseph wore, and it was stained with animal blood. And Jacob jumped to the conclusion that Joseph had been killed by a wild beast in the field. And he was absolutely sincere in that conclusion, and he wept, and he mourned, and he could not be consoled. But he was completely wrong. And he's, he's a really good example of, of how wrong you can be, even though you're ultimately sincere.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, Kent says, one faith is not as good as another. Christ is the way, the, and li- uh, the way, the truth, and the life. Be, such being the case, he is the only way unto God the Father, John 14, verse 6. And all other ways lead to eternal condemnation, Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Thank you for that. Yep.
1: I think you're right, Ken. I think, uh, uh, again, so the question said we we live in the age of religious tolerance. I think that's true. We also live in an age of political correctness. And you put those two things together, and so we're supposed to tolerate anything that a person chooses to do religiously. And we're never supposed to speak out against it. It's politically incorrect to speak out against anybody for anything and so you get those two attitudes combined and it's it's a it's drinking it's drinking the poison as mohan was saying
0: yeah absolutely so uh in the chat room dwight had you know talked about the fact that fo- some fo- folks want to just take someone else's view on things because they don't want to just read the study of the bible themselves eric responded uh, it's easier to listen and follow than to read and study and reason uh, and that certainly is true I mean, maybe that's one of the re- causes of religious division is that we're just lazy we don't want to we don't want to dig in for ourselves uh dwight said some are intolerant to us for not accepting sin and that's right that intolerance uh the ones who are branded uh branding folks intolerant are intolerant themselves and so it is hypocritical uh we can't accept you because you're not tolerant Well, you're not accepting
1: us and that's intolerant in of itself you know they, it, it's amazing that These tolerance people are tolerant of everything except us when we question things. I I once in a Bible study had a woman tell me, this is a number of years ago, a long time ago. She said, I'm only dogmatic about one thing in religion, and that's not being dogmatic. And so uh, th- this was a number of years. She was sort of on the cutting edge of this now, this idea that now has taken root, and that is the idea you just have to accept anything anybody does, and you're wrong. You are the wrong one if you dare to question anybody else's religious faith. All right. Dwight says, many say by being to- intolerant to
0: sin, we are judging people. We are to judge righteous judgment. You shall know them by their fruits, according to
1: Matthew. Yeah, John seven twenty four. judge righteous judgment jesus said jesus commanded us to do that all right let's get a break when we get back we got two quick questions to take uh number four how much do you value truth in religion and then the final question which i'm anxious to talk about is you're just too narrow-minded in today's society you need to be more broad-minded so how do you you view it should we be narrow-minded or broad-minded
0: kyle's narrow-minded Oh boy, here we go. Let's talk about that. We'll get get it on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this.
3: Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement.
2: Hello. Hey, Matt.
0: No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by the College U Church of Christ.
1: We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible study. If Americans got to choose, Houses of Worship would be one of the first organizations reopened when social distancing restrictions are scaled back. That's according to a new poll on Reopening Society. More than one-third of registered voters, 35%, said in-person church services and other religious gatherings should be opened as soon as possible. Fewer Americans said the same about schools, 31%, bars and restaurants, 21%, and large entertainment events like NBA games and concerts, 14%. That survey is by com. The Word of God says in Psalm 111, verse 1, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation.
3: For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13,
0: verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program, going to the top of the hour, going fast now, as we take a couple look at a couple different things that may be causing some religious division. In the world today, maybe the source of some of the reason why we experience religious division ourselves,
1: because we're not maybe aligned with the truth. Well, the question is, how much do you value truth? And, and I, I think that this is a, a, a really root cause question. I don't think people think it's all that significant, that that truth is not all that important. It's reflected somewhat in some of the attitudes we've already discussed, the idea that sincerity is what really matters, One faith is as good as another. Uh, And so the people who take those views, I think, are reflecting the fact that they do not have a a, a, don't place a value. They don't have an appreciation for the truth. Have we sold truth for other things, for instance,
0: fitting in with the crowd, being more popular?
1: Yeah. Numbers, Numbers. drawing bigger crowds. What uh, what I can get out of. Of, of the church compromising the truth because i don't want to i don't want to be ostracized or persecuted yeah. i don't want to be considered odd or different yeah i think so and proverbs 23, 23 says buy the truth and sell it not well how would you sell the truth i think it's just exactly what you were suggesting jacob you sell the truth by backing away from it watering it down because something else is more important to you than it is. Something else is more valuable to you than it is.
0: Truth has consequences. It's going to have consequences in my life. It's going to have consequences in my relationship with others. If I stand on the truth, there may be some pretty serious consequences. Uh, Jesus said that he uh, came to separate uh, father and son, daughter and mother. Uh, he brought the sword because it's got, truth has consequences. And maybe I'm not willing to take those consequences, so I'll sell the truth for harmonious
1: relationships,
0: for instance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good point. Uh, think about some of the examples in the Bible. Think about the Old Testament prophets who paid paid the price. Many of them, you know, some were actually killed. A lot of them were, were se- severely persecuted for what they taught. Certainly the apostles of Jesus Christ, what they suffered. We know some of those things in details. History tells us that all but one of the apostles died violent deaths. Because of their devotion to the truth. Uh, Jesus, of course, is the ultimate example. When they had him on trial, they asked him whether he was the son of God. When he affirmed it to be tr- the truth that he was the son of God, then they, they of course, used that as justification for killing him. And so all through the, all through the scripture, people that we actually hold up in, in esteem, you know, you read your Bible, you hold up in esteem men like Jeremiah, you know. Ezekiel. Uh you, you hold up in esteem. The apostle Paul who suffered so much. Oh the ultimate example, Jesus, you hold him up in high esteem. What was the consistent thing of all those people and most perfectly seen in Jesus? They love the truth. They valued the truth. How about Stephen? In Steve? the face of
0: the folks who are going to kill him, he's yeah. not
1: backing down.
0: He's going to tell them the truth. Yeah, he's not going to say, well, "Hey, hey, listen, you guys see it your way, I see it mine. Put those rocks down. There's no reason to have, you know, no, no reason to start throwing rocks. Hey, let's let's
1: talk about this. We can we can hey, compromise. We'll no, uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter two, Second Thessalonians chapter two, beginning of verse ten, speaks of. Those who would do the work of Satan come with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. Why, why did they perish? They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they may at all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So people are going to be lost because they don't love or value God's truth, Lou says. I think the fact that we're discussing this right now shows we value the truth. Thank you for that. I Lou. think I hope that's right. I, I I hope that the reason why we do the virtual Bible study and why you all listen and participate is because you value the truth, uh, and 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 that's that's the way it should be. And then, and of course we got we got to go where it takes us.
0: But things that we value, we're willing to pay the price for. It. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I value there's certain things I value that I've paid great sums of money for. Because of the value I placed where I was willing to pay the cost. Yeah. Truth, if we're going to buy the truth, as it said, and sell it not, that means I'm willing to pay the price. Yeah. Kyle, there's I mean, there's times when I've met the truth and it was going to be painful to accept it, but I had to accept it, right? And then that's that's, that's buying the truth. That's valuing the truth.
2: I think sometimes buying, uh, you know, if we uh, buying, a hate say buying it's a salvation, but if we go through the process of obeying the gospel. And sometimes we have to pay a huge price. Sometimes our families are ostracized by our families. It's we a we massive know, price. Don't
1: we? We know, we know uh, those who are at odds with their own families because of issues concerning the truth. Well, that's sad. When it happens, it's sad. We can speak by experience. That's a sad thing. But they it, valued
0: it, the truth yeah, more than they valued yeah, other things. Exactly right. Uh, Daniel says, personally, when I do not stand up for truth, everything starts to lose meaning. It doesn't matter what we believe. It doesn't matter if we believe it or not, but the truth is powerful and able to make us pure and cannot be destroyed. First Peter chapter one, verses 22 through 25. You know, that is, that is, that is the slippery slope that you go down. If you don't value the truth. And that's what we see in the religious world today. And it started, we can look at it uh, in marriage relations. That people didn't value the truth on marriage, divorce, and remarriage, and they started to accept anything. Yeah. And people that are, once we start down that slippery slope, then we had to accept homosexual marriage, and that is that it's documented. We have quotes of folks who said, you know, hey, listen, we've accepted heterosexual marriages that aren't along, along the lines of what the Scriptures teach us. We didn't value that truth. We sold it. We're going to have to sell the truth on homosexual relations yeah. and allow that yeah. uh, to be consistent. And so once you start to sell the truth, as Daniel said— Everything starts to lose meaning. It doesn't matter
1: what you mean because you're not consistent. Exactly. Kent says, I'm willing to stake my eternal soul upon the truth of God. First John 1, verse 3, uh, that which we have seen and heard we declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ.
0: Dwight says, I see Christians preaching the truth but not the whole truth. They are afraid they would drive someone from the truth to teach them how to live. And that, that's true. Some folks are unwilling to... To take the the line that the truth demands because, well, people might get angry. They might
1: go away. Okay, real quick. We're going to have to go quickly here. I think this is an important question. Last one that we sent out today. You're just too narrow-minded. In today's society, you have to be more broad-minded. So what about that? Should we be narrow-minded or broad-minded when it comes to religion? Um, again, it's, it's, it's sad that people throw, the, throw common sense and logic out the window when it comes to religion. They're, they're narrow-minded about, for instance, mathematics. There are right and wrong answers. There's one right answer to a mathematics question. And I'm not just talking about theoretical mathematics or, you know, a, a homework assignment that a teacher might give to a, a school student. Uh, if I stop by the convenience store and buy a cup of coffee and I don't get the right change back from the cashier, I, I'm going to say, oh well, wait a minute, I gave you a $10 bill and you just gave me change for a five. Um, you know, we're gonna we're going we're gonna work that out. I'm not I'm I'm not gonna be broad minded and say well you know she's got a different answer to that question than I did. And I'm uh, I'm enlightened. I can I'm willing to say she's right. She probably she's <laughs> she's free say? she's free to have her opinion about. Who's what... Who's to say I've been to college? I, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, in other words, we're not broad minded on lots of things that matter. But for some reason, the thing that matters most. We, we're told we got to just be general and broad-minded. Yep. And it doesn't make sense. Daniel
0: says, I try not to be closed-minded, but I want to believe the truth, not a lie. 1 John chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Uh, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in. But he so keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know that we are in him. <laughs> got to keep the word. Got be, to be in line with the word. And uh, Kent says, when it comes to truth, the areas of truth, I am definitely narrow-minded, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. That's talking about the narrow way and the broad way. That's the perfect That's the perfect text right there that Kent brings up. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that findeth. You know, hey, listen. If we're going to be right with God, Jesus said, get ready to be in the minority on the narrow way, on the narrow way. It's not going to be popular. It's not what everybody wants. You're going to be in the in the minority. I mean, and it's not going to change. We get, we shouldn't have dreams that, oh, someday the truth will be popular and everybody's going to want to follow the truth. And I can just go with everybody else. No,
1: no. Um, In Ephesians 4, we'll wrap up with this. Ephesians 4, uh, Paul urged, uh, verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What's the format for achieving that? Verse 4, there's one body and one Spirit. You're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and in all, and uh, above all and in you all, through all and in you all. I'll get that right in a minute. But, But notice, there's one faith. It's not various faiths. One faith is good as another. There's one body, and the same epistle says that the body is the church. There's one true church of our Lord. That's not that's not broad minded. That's narrow minded. We have to be narrow minded. All right. Very good discussion. Very important discussion as we think about
0: causes of religious division. Jesus isn't happy with the religious division in the world today. He wants us all to be unified. And well, Dad, it starts with me. It starts with you. Are we going to accept the truth we're going to stand on the principles of the truth uh versus our feelings are we going to we're going to buy the truth and sell it not
1: yeah i think it's important things and and that's the reason we call that these are some of the root causes these are some of the basic causes of religious division it's this faulty way of thinking that people have adapted and it's adopted
0: and people and and and, and people are happy with the division that's the that's the, the the amazing thing is that people are just fine yeah you believe something 180 degrees opposite of me? Oh, that's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, Jesus isn't happy with it. Kyle?
2: I think sometimes because to apathy, I think we're just letting, well, God will sort it out in the end. You know, we need to be careful. We need to save our brethren now while we have the chance to, you know, it's uh, if he believes something wrong, we need to try to save him. Don't give, don't let him fall into the judgment of God, hands of God. So that's a terrible thought, though. So we need yeah. to make every opportunity to. Save them from the – snatch them from the fires.
1: Exactly right. Thank
0: you, Kyle, for being here and helping us. Dwight adds – here, we'll close with this. Being broad-minded takes us down the road of being lukewarm.
1: Lukewarm, broad-minded, lukewarm, broad way that leads to destruction. That doesn't sound right.
0: No. Dad, thanks for a good discussion. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Uh, time.
1: Times. uh, Remember, we're still on a modified schedule and if you're in our area we we would urgently invite you to come and join us Sunday morning 10:30 we're we're going to meet in our parking lot still observe all the rules of social distancing and so forth although they have been largely lifted in our in our state of Tennessee but we're for the next two the plan is for the next two Sundays we'll still be in the parking lot maintaining great separation our target date for It's the- not great. I mean it's it's sort of, <laughs> of mediocre. I'd rather be in the auditorium where it works Our target date is the first Sunday in June, which I believe is June seventh, yeah. to be back in our auditorium. So, parking lot service ten thirty Sunday morning. Our online sermon at six College View live stream. Our online Bible study, the Book of Acts, Wednesday night at seven College View live stream. Now that's a different YouTube channel. That's not this virtual Bible study YouTube channel. So go to our collegeview dot collegeview.com, and you'll see the link to our YouTube channel, which is College View Livestream. Go there for Sunday night, Wednesday night. Come back here on Thursday night for the virtual Bible study.
0: Now, are you saying that the drive-in worship is a limited-time offer, limited-time only? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah. Well,
1: I think we're, the, the, the plan right now, all subject to the will of God, of course, is two more Sundays, this Sunday and the following in the parking
0: lot. Yeah, my in-laws came to town last week, and they, they were excited about going to the drive-in worship. How did how'd they like it? Well, I think they liked it. But, you know, my wife said, you know, if you want to go, if you want to come, you better hurry because you won't know, we'll be doing it for long. I hope know? that's so, right. Hey, So if you want to come to a drive-in worship, yeah. maybe come before it's too late. Yeah. All right. Kyle, look forward to seeing you Sunday morning yeah, in absolutely. the parking lot in your car. And uh, look forward to seeing you here uh, this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never forget it.